Welcome to episode 7 of Green Minds Think Alike. Uh, joining me today from beautiful San Diego, California is uh, USDN planning co-chair for our event here, Barbara Buffalo from Columbia, Missouri. Barbara, thanks for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure, Chris. <laughs> so I, I can't think of somebody better to, to start this off with all that you've, I'm sure, gone through in the last year getting this event planned. Um, one of the questions I'd like to kick things off with um, is uh, if you run into somebody or your elevator speech, can you just sort of describe what it is that you do uh, for the City of Columbia? Yeah, so I'm the Sustainability Manager for the City of Columbia. We have an Office of Sustainability that's about five people, and we work on programs and policies to advance sustainability in Columbia. Um, but when asked the question by like the person who's not used to local government or sustainability, usually what I say is that we work on programs to improve quality of life. You know, what does it mean to you? Well, it's the clean air you breathe, it's the clean water you drink, it's the reason why you live where you live and why you love where you live. Yeah, I remember on my way back from Toronto last year, the the um, the agent there at the airport was like, what is sustainability? What are all these people coming through? So it's always sort of interesting to hear, you know, how people answer that question. Um, the other thing, obviously, everybody's uh, where they are within their local government is sort of unique. So where is your office housed within the city government in Columbia? Yeah, so we've actually bounced around a couple of times. We started with a grant, so that kind of made us this kind of weird standalone office. And we're actually back to that. We're a standalone office of sustainability, and I report to our deputy city manager. Um, most of our funding comes from utilities. So for instance, our energy educator is funded by our municipal electric utility. And our stormwater educator is funded by our stormwater utility. And then my fund is made up amongst the different utilities that we had cost savings for from our EECBG funds, and then also transfers from those other utilities since I manage those staff. So what's unique about Columbia, just in regards to its region, obviously the University of Missouri is there. I'm sure they, you, you probably have some town and gown projects you, you work on with them. So what, what's kind of unique to Columbia itself in, in what you do there? Yeah, I think the thing that's really cool about Columbia is that, like you say, we are a university town, uh, which sometimes can be uh, tricky because there's people that are doing the research from things that are happening, and that might be just a little too in innovative for uh, Midwestern sensibilities. Um, at the same time, those Midwestern sensibilities are what make us justify doing our projects. Right? It just makes sense for us to save money and not waste energy. It just makes sense for us to come up with new efficiencies for delivering trash and uh, other water services. Um, one of the things that I really love about Columbia too is that we're in the middle of the middle. So we're halfway between Kansas City and St. Louis. So if we want to go to more of a metropolitan area and work with them on projects, it's, it's not too far away from us. Um, but at the same time, we also sometimes have that sort of like small town feel to us because we are smaller geographically than those two cities. Now, do you guys have a sustainability action plan that you've either created or are creating or what sort of driving um, focus do you guys have in the projects that you move forward? Yeah, so we, um, we started the office in 2010 with that EECBG funds, and they were really focused on saving energy at city facilities. And when we got done, you know, in 2014, we were like, wait, what do we do now? 
Um, before we had had, you know, our mayor in 2006 had signed on for the mayor's climate protection agreement, but we hadn't really done anything with it. And so in 2012, we reviewed that and we were like, okay, where are some opportunities? Um, we also went through STAR communities, and when we got certified, we, op we also identified some opportunities for improvement. But we never wanted to really do a sustainability action plan for fear of it just being another plan on the shelf, right? So I didn't want to get into that until I had like buy-in from all levels. In June of this year, our council and our mayor signed on for the Global Covenant of Mayors for Climate and Energy, and with that comes the requirement that we do a climate action plan. So we're actually in the process of um, selecting a consultant to assist us with the development of that plan um, and also forming a steering committee of stakeholders, internal and external, to go through it. And my, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is we're going to put together the metrics for how to measure how we do and have like an online dashboard to hold us accountable. So that way it won't just be um, a plan that sits on the shelf. It will actually be something that we're reporting on and showing how we're doing and also having to change things as they go if the strategies aren't working. So how do you think you would be funding a lot of these um initiatives you know i know at least for us in winter park we've got a plan and now we're just trying to figure out you know how are we going to fund these things you know like the dashboard thing you talked about i think that would be awesome yeah. but you know where do you get that the, the infrastructure to go ahead and do that so one of the things that we did um, was actually we had savings. We have it, um, our budgeting process for Columbia has incentivized-based budgeting. So if a general fund department doesn't spend all their money by the end of the fiscal year, they get to keep half of those as one-time project savings. The other half go to the city council to spend on their priority projects. So we had some savings from 2014 that are starting the process. Um, but the other way we're strategizing how to do implementation is by weaving together the other plans that are out there or that are under development. Um, because it doesn't really matter what I say we should do for like um, renewable energy in the future. What matters what our, is what our utility does. And so in 2018, our utility will start their next process for an integrated, um, integrated resource plan. So basically for the next 10 years, where's their energy and where's their money gonna be going? And so we work with them to make sure that the climate action plan goals will be in that. So they'll be setting their own plan for meeting their, their goals, but their goals will also be aligning with our climate action plan. So that's one way that I see those, it's that kind of uh, weaving of the tapestry of the plan so that maybe someone else will work on this besides me. So you have a staff of five, you said, you know, how do you... Um, how did you bring that staff together? And, you know, as you're looking at these plans, do you, how do you manage them? Um, with, I'm sure each of them sort of have their specialties um, when you're looking at different projects. Yeah, so it evolved over time. So this was really um, a city manager directive that they wanted to be a little bit more proactive on our sustainability efforts. And so four of these positions already existed in the utility that they were in. And so it was basically reorganizing them to be within the sustainability division, but they're still embedded in the utility. So for instance, our energy educator is still on the same floor and around the same people from the utility. Um, we did create a new position with a partnership um, with our Missouri Department of Conservation and that's a community conservationist. So that one's like the first new one since we created this staff. Um, but really our hope is, is that we can help create those plans and policies for reducing impact and then also at the same time having those utilities then implement them and providing that feedback for what will be actually feasible. Was there something when you started this job that you thought you knew about sustainability or that 
has changed over time? Um, you, you know, is there something you, you thought you knew, but over time you sort of changed your mind on? Well, I would say I, was, I wasn't I was with government before. I actually um, studied architecture in school and was teaching at a university and working for Extension because we're a land-grant university. Um, so I came at it from the built environment, but what I, I was really surprised at how long everything takes. Um, but now seven years in, I kind of like that because then it gives me that time to be like, it's cool, patience, we're like the Colorado River, you know, eventually we'll have a beautiful Grand Canyon. Um, but one of the things that I think has changed a lot in our field is these, like, their actual majors and certificates for people mm-hmm. to get for sustainability. That if I were to write my job description now, if I put those in there, I wouldn't get my job. Like, these are new things to come right. out there. Right. And so I think it's seeing how the field is adapting and then also adapting yourself to be whatever is going to be most effective to help impact the field. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that's great insight. Um, you know, I think all of us hope that we'll accomplish all of these goals somewhere along the line. But when you sort of set your own personal goals, what are things that you say, boy, I'd really like to accomplish this before I leave this position or move to something else within the the city? Well, I'm hoping that the Climate Action Plan and its impact on the other plans that we're developing will actually be what that, that's my main goal. Um, Because ideally, I would not have a job. Like ideally the sustainability principles would be in every department, in every plan, and in every manager's um, job responsibilities. And so my hope is is that we would get to that place before I burn out. <laughs> I, I notice I, I follow you on Twitter, so oh, I kind of, no, I've, I, but how do you use social media and things like that to help promote things that you're doing within the city or do you find that's something that that's been beneficial in your efforts or or what other things do you do to communicate programs within the city so i find i find that i do use social media it, it ebbs and flows depending on my bandwidth for doing it um because one of the other things is is that i do have a family and so i try to turn myself off sure. from social media when at home and with the kids though then if you follow me on instagram you'll see pictures of my kids so i'm done doing it a little bit um but what i do find it helpful with is getting the word out because people at all levels of like the political spectrum and even like um uh, technology ability are kind of on these mediums and so i can i can send a tweet um to the superintendent from schools who maybe if I send an email, he may not get to it because he gets so many emails. Whereas he might respond back to the Twitter about how he's also excited about recycling at our high schools. So I find it a useful tool in that regard. Um, I also hope that it elevates Columbia a little bit. And so we have social media for like our office does um, on Facebook. We also have some of our um, different educators, like the Stormwater Educator has his as well. And we get a good following that way and it helps us share about events and it just gets the news out there because people aren't watching traditional media as much, mm-hmm. and so it's a way for us to get it going. Well, that's great. I, I think maybe one thing to summarize is, you know, you're really active in USDN, and can you talk about how USDN has played a role in, in what you've done and, and what you will continue to do? And just for those that might be listening to this that are unfamiliar with the network, how that plays a role in your job. 
Right. So I've been a member with the Urban Sustainability Directors Network since 2010. And I will say it is the single reason why, A, I'm still in my job because I've had that sort of touch point to make myself feel okay because other people are going through the same things I am. But also to have those resources available that I can call up a peer in Winter Park or in Charlotte, North Carolina or Iowa City, Iowa and ask them, hey, you guys just did this initiative and we're thinking about it. Tell me what worked and what didn't work so that I can learn. Um, so it's been the single most, I don't, I guess, point of success for us has been involved with this network. And I'm really happy to be on the planning committee so that I can give back to the network what I view that it's given me. Well, I know I certainly appreciate the time and energy that you've put in the network. And certainly I, I know the monumental task it must be in planning this. So thank you very much. And, and thanks for taking the time um, here with me in San Diego. And we're looking forward to a great meeting the next few days. Yeah, I was going to say when you're like, I'm here with Barbara Buffalo in San Diego, not from San Diego. She doesn't know what to do with all this sand. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Barbara. Thanks, Chris.